Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, this morning I want to share on what I've called Unity Brings Peace. Because in this day and age, we need peace more than ever before. I don't know about you, but even if you turn on the news just for a little bit, you'll notice that we are in desperate need of peace. And uh, peace both in the nations, peace in the the cities, in the country. It doesn't matter where you are, we desperately need peace. And uh, I've found that when we focus in on unity and when we look at what unity really is, that all of a sudden peace comes. And so I want to look at that today. Uh, we're going to start from 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. And uh, we're just going to jump straight in. It says, Aim for restoration, comfort one another, agree with one another, live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Aim for restoration. Comfort one another, agree with one another. Now, if you've lived any sort of years, you will know that this is not always possible. You will know that there are some times where you just can't agree. You'll know there's some times where you've got it wrong, where the other person's got it wrong, and maybe you would do different things differently if you had your time again. That's certainly the case for me. However, we can't control everyone. We can't control the past and we can't control different things that have happened in our lives previously. But what we can do is look now and have a a spirit of unity even with ourselves and we can carry a peace that we've done everything we can to bring harmony and to bring restoration and to bring peace. And don't feel guilty if you aren't able to control another person who doesn't want to restore. There's sometimes we feel like if we're truly godly, then we've got to make amends in every little situation with everyone who we've ever said a a word to, and then we'll reach perfection. It's not always possible. Sometimes we have to just leave it with the Father, know that we've dealt with it ourselves, and then move on. And so I want to read the definition, dictionary definition of unity It says the state of being united or joined as a whole. And actually the mathematical uh, definition is the number one. One. There's something powerful about oneness. There's something powerful about oneness. And I want to look at three areas of unity that I believe bring peace. And uh, I want to just share them with you today because I think that this topic is, is kind of overlooked and we, we live our lives, we, we go about it, but sometimes we don't actually think about how do we go after peace? How do we go after harmony? Three areas that I want to share today. The first one is with yourself, having unity with yourself. It's interesting that um, the medical uh, realm calls a sickness in a body a dis-ease. It's when our body isn't at ease. It's not relaxed. It's not in peace. It's off tangent. It's not at one with itself because it's diseased. 
And so we know that if we don't have unity with ourselves, and it's not ultimately going to be fully attainable until eternity, but now we can focus in on unity with ourselves. This is our spirit, soul, and our body as much as we can to bring restoration. Let's go back to that first verse. Restoration, comfort, agreement, and to live in peace. And then what does it say? The God of love and peace will be with you. So if we apply this principle of unity, even just to ourselves, before we apply it to anyone else, we are going to have the God of love and peace all over us. And so if we look at ourselves and we, we take this on personally, we realize that this is a powerful thing. To carry peace is a powerful weapon. To carry peace, like Jesus did when the storm was raging, he carried peace because he was at one with himself and with the Father. He didn't have a disease. He had an ease. And there's situations that will come at you from left field and you may not be prepared for it. And I know it's something that I, I always uh, carry now is trying to make sure I've got enough buffer in my life so that it doesn't matter if there's a left field arrow, I've got some reserves in my tank so that I know that that's not going to drain me 100%. It might drain me. It might, just, it might just sort of hurt a little bit. But I know I've got plenty in, in reserves to be able to have warfare with this situation. It might be in prayer. It might be a scenario. It might be a confrontation. It might be a stress thing I'm trying to work through. Whatever it is, I've got reserves. And if we're always living on the edge, living on adrenaline, living for the next high, living for the next event, the next thing, then we're not at peace. We have a dis-ease. And we might not have a sickness, but we have a dis-ease. And we as believers in Jesus should be the most peaceful people around. That's a lot of peace in one sentence, but I nearly got there. Peaceful people. Winston Churchill said, When there is no enemy within, the enemies outside cannot hurt you. Interesting thought, isn't it? Now, if you're a super logical person, I'm sure you're going to find a scenario where that isn't 100% true. Because, you know, what do you do when you're in a World War battle and you're a soldier? There's going to be things going on and it may not have anything against you. But the point of it is, the point of it is we have a responsibility. We have a responsibility to deal with our stuff. And when we deal with our stuff, we carry an authority and a peace that surpasses all understanding. And even when those little things come at us, we are going to have a strength and a power to carry peace. And this is to be at one with our own body, with our own nature. The second area is with others. Psalm 133.1 says, How wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters live together in harmony. God loves it. I think this is why he does love the body of Christ. This is why he made us so that we do live in communities and we do need each other. And, and we need to you know, rub each other in good ways and we need to encourage one another because we need, you know, there's many times when we will need the faith of someone else to believe for breakthrough. There's many times when we will need the worship of someone else just to be a release for us into worship. And this is why we come together like this on a weekly basis so that we learn from each other, we glean from each other, and we strengthen each other. And it, it doesn't matter who we are. We are all needed in the body of Christ. We're all needed in the body of Christ. 
And so it's a powerful thing when we live together and we have unity and we, we try and keep peace and we become agents of peace and we keep the bond of peace the Bible talks about. When we carry these things, we are carrying out the kingdom of God in very, very natural ways. Some of the most powerful ways that God works are very natural. They're through you and me, through little situations, little comments, little encouragements. When we bring encouragements like that to other people, it might just be the one thing they need. It might be that thing that they just hang on for that whole week. That person just, he, they blessed me on Sunday. They recognized something in me. And there's so many of us that don't realize the authority and the power that God has given us. And I want to encourage you today, if be at one with yourself, be at one with the calling and the gifting that God has given you, because he's given you a powerful anointing. You might never have thought about that. You might have thought powerful anointings, well, they're just for, you know, pastors, they're just for leaders, itinerants, conference speakers, or, you know, people in ministry. Powerful anointings are for every believer, Every believer in Jesus Christ, a deposit of the Holy Spirit has been given to us. And then when we are filled and baptized with his spirit, we carry a powerful anointing. You carry a powerful anointing. You carry a voice and an authority and a calling and a destiny. And we need you. We need you in today's day and age. We need you. I'm going to take a little rabbit trail here, if you'll permit me. No one objected, so I'm going with it. <laughs> Thanks, Keith. It's got to be one. We, we, Karen and I were talking this week and, uh, you know, uh, regarding the abortion bill. And we, we were recognising that it is a really interesting tension, I suppose, in, in churches and in, with leaders and Christians and everything on how, how hard we go. How hard do we fight? What, what, is, what are the causes that we're going to go to the stake for? What are, we, what are the things we're really going to stand on? And, and we were talking this week and we just realised again that we've got to be in the faces of our politicians. We've got to be in their face. There's some really weird ones out there. Vicky Chapman, I've got to say, our Attorney General, she's odd. She's off. And she will do whatever it takes. We may see in coming days, she's going to come against some things that we stand for. And I know this is kind of stepping out on a limb and some of you might be a fan or whatever. It, it doesn't matter. This is, I'm talking from biblical truth here. We, we've got to know who they are and what they're doing because you and I voted them in. And, uh, and it doesn't really matter now if liberal or Labor. You know, I heard Peter Malinowskis, the Labor leader, speak and actually he spoke far better than Stephen Marshall did last week. And so we've we got to know a little bit, enough to be wise, and, and then we've got to have a voice because we can't let things keep sliding. We can't let things keep sliding. Is that okay? All right, awesome. I'll take that. Wives, give your husbands a good kick and, and say, all right, it's time to get in the face of the politicians. Because men, sometimes we let the women do all the hard work. It's true. Sometimes we take the back seat and we say, oh, they're, they're the ones who are a bit more flamboyant. They're a bit more aware of what's going on. We've got, we got to be on this stuff, guys. We've got to be on this stuff. So anyway, just, just give someone a hug or something. We, we need to just break things up. Is that okay? Give someone a hug. That's good. Unity, peace. I like it. Awesome.
So we are going to mobilise some ways to help as a body do some of that as well. But um, anyway, peace with others. And then finally, unity with God. It's interesting in, in John 17, 22, let's read that. The glory which you have given me, I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. I read this a few weeks ago. This is Jesus praying to the Father and he's including us in the prayer. He's including you and me in the prayer. If we've ever thought we're left out of the calling, we're not. Jesus says, bring them in. Bring them into the inner sanctum. They're part of us. He wants oneness with you. He wants unity with you. He wants peace with you. He wants to speak with you. He wants to share things with you. This is why we worship him. Because sometimes in worship, he breaks loose some of the stuff that we're holding on to. And he can speak to us and encourage us in ways that sometimes we don't let him in. I'm finding that uh, my garden is a good place to go and have oneness with him. And I'm picking fruit at the same time. I'm picking tomatoes, 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 and more tomatoes. Wherever you need to get with God, get with him. Because he wants to speak to you. He wants to share secrets with you. He has secrets that he will share with you that he'll share with no one else. Because they're just for you. They're words of encouragement for you. They're uplifting for you. I don't know about you, but... Sometimes, as I've shared before, yes, it's normally on the lawnmower with earmuffs on and, and I can't hear anything else. But sometimes all you need is one word, one sentence, one phrase, one paragraph, whatever it is. You just need to hear one bit of his voice and everything's okay. Everything's okay. You might feel the stress and anxiety about all sorts of things going on around. But that oneness with him is a powerful gift. It's a gift to you and me that unbelievers never get to participate in until they respond to him. And when we respond to him, that oneness is a gift by the Holy Spirit. When Jesus ascended, he said, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to leave you with part of God. He is God. His name is Holy Spirit as a deposit of things to come. And he will speak and be an advocate and share and counsel. And he's all powerful, all knowing. And he will share things with us. Sometimes we limit what God can actually do and say to us and through us. God wants to use you. He wants to encourage you. Even this week, I believe there's things if we will incline our ear, if we will let God speak, he will provide solutions to long-term problems. Give it a try. Long-term problems. I don't know about you, but there's been times where I've stressed on things for weeks or even months, and then I'll finally yield to seeking God on it. I know uh, none of you would do that, but it's something that just between me and God I've done once before. And when I finally yield, I think, why on earth did it take me so long? Why did it take me so long? The answer came quite quickly, quite easily, and it's actually kind of been sitting there the whole time. Why didn't I yield? Why didn't I respond? God has answers to your problems. He has all the solutions. He has all the power. He has all the knowledge. He is not short on authority. He's not short on power and everything that we need. But sometimes we don't tap into that which is at hand. The kingdom of God is at hand. He's right there. He's at the ready to supply all that we need. And sometimes we forget to, to go there. 
I can remember times particularly, and I had a reminder this week, I was talking to the guys who I sold the business to, and and uh, one of the engineering guys was just telling me they, they lost, just in the last few weeks, the biggest pipe job that they've ever would have won, even when I owned the business, bigger than any of those jobs. And um, I remember the, the feeling, it was kind of like a, uh, that's probably the wrong word, I'll say it anyway, it's kind of like a ghost just sort of caught up to me because I had those feelings of agitation, oh man, should have gone harder, should have won that thing, you should have done this, because that's what I would have done if I was owning it and I was talking to Karen this week and I said, man, if, if I was still an owner, I would have won that thing. And she said, yeah, well, that sometimes was the problem. <laughs> and it, it's true, it's true. As only a wife can be brutally honest sometimes, <laughs> lovingly brutally honest. But it's interesting what brings disease to our situations. What sets us off course? What are the things that separate us from oneness with the Father, oneness with other people, oneness with ourselves? What are the areas that we have dis-ease with ourselves and with others and with God? Because unity is the answer. Unity brings oneness. And when we have oneness with our destiny, it brings it into fulfilment. When we have oneness with the Father, we can worship Him in spirit and truth and He just does stuff. When we have unity with who God's called us to be, it's a powerful thing. I remember uh, Wayne and Irene from Germany, who a lot of you will know, said to us many times, and we've repeated this many times, there were times where we were sharing with them, uh, and maybe some frustrations and struggles, and, and they sort of would stop us and say, no, that is not who you are. That is not who you are. And, you know, there's times where you and I need someone who's in a, in a loving way just saying, stop it. That's not who you are. That's not who God's created you to be. That's not what God says about you. That's not what the Father's thinking about you right now. He's thinking how amazing you are. And how if only you could see the power and the authority and the love and all the gifts and talents that I've given you, you'd be out there just taking on the world. Because we've got the armies behind us, the armies of heaven behind us. We have ministering spirits assigned to us. We have Holy Spirit. I mean, we have the weapons of the warfare, don't we? And sometimes we need to remind ourselves if we're acting out of sync, if we're out of unity with who we are, remind yourself of your calling. Remind yourself of your gifting and get in unity with that place because that is the place of peace. Even if there's not a lot of people around, even if there's not a whole lot of, you know, bells and whistles, getting in the place of our calling is the ultimate place of peace because that's where we know the Father's there. That's where we know His voice is. That's where we know His presence is. And we want unity with Him above all else. Because when we're in the right place, or as Jim Collins, who wrote a book, Good to Great, says, be on the right bus, but not just on the right bus, on the right seat on the right bus. And that's the thing about us. Sometimes we're in the right bus, but we're on the wrong seat because we're trying to copy someone else or do something else. But we want to be on the right seat on the right bus. And there, that is the place of peace. That's the place of unity with ourselves, unity with other people as best we possibly can, and unity with the Father. I want you to stand today. And we're going to... Awesome. Bless you guys. Give yourselves a hand this morning. Fantastic. We, we love that you guys are worshippers. 
We love that you guys are worshippers. I want to encourage you. You know, it's something um, I've realised that recently I've, I've, our Apple Music changed and I just haven't had as much worship music on. And I've realised this week, now I, I want to get some fresh worship music and just have that going. There's something about it, isn't it? It just keeps that river, that stream flowing even during the week. And so, you know, it's a great place of breakthrough and it brings that peace. I want everyone just to lift your hands if you want. Just pray with me this morning. We just want to seek God for a minute together. Lord, I thank you that you know every single person, that you know every hair on our head, that you know every assignment that you've set before us. And we ask today, Holy Spirit, that you'd bring us into complete oneness with the Father, that you'd bring us, bring us into a place of oneness with your destiny and your calling for our lives, that any distractions would be gone today, that we would be recalibrated with heaven, recalibrated with everything that you have for us, everything that you have, Father. And Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come and fill us with all the knowledge of God that you have for us, with everything good that you want to do through our lives that you'll silence the enemy, you'll silence rejection and hurt and fear and anxiety, and you'll bring your peace that surpasses all understanding. Holy Spirit, I ask that you'd fill us afresh with your presence and power, and that you would do great things in the coming days, that you would speak and that we would act, that you would show us how to behave, show us how to act, how to take up the mantle that you have for each one of us, that this region and this city may be changed for the glory of God. And Lord, we ask that you would release your power and presence greater in the coming days than any of the former days. Australia has never seen a national awakening. We would love to see that, Lord. And if we would love to see that, how much more do you want to see that? So we say, come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, upon our city. Come upon our leaders. Come upon this nation. Come upon us churches and all believers. And we say, come Holy Spirit, have your way. Awaken us, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome.